Hi, this is Regaline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Tanya Gold. Dr. Tanya Gold is a board-certified family medicine and holistic medical doctor, inspirational speaker, author, and she teaches yoga and laughter yoga. And she doesn't laugh just because she's happy. She's happy because she laughs. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Gold. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Gigi, for having me today. It is an honor. You're welcome, and we're honored to have you. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from? Okay. I'm originally from New York City. I'm a Brooklyn girl from Canossie. I have a big family, many brothers and sisters, and my dad is from the Caribbean islands. Um, when he came to this country, he believed in the American dream to make a lot of money. That's what he said. So he went to NYU. He worked really hard, but he worked so much. It was affecting his health negatively to the point he was getting all this weight and just feeling really bad. His blood pressure was through the roof. And he went to the doctor. The doctor said, do you want to see your children grow up? And he, of course, he said, yes. He goes, you have to change your ways. And he really took heed. He started running. And since I barely saw my dad because he worked so much, I asked him, can I join you? And he said, of course. So I started running with him, initially just watching. It was so boring to watch my dad just go around the track. I started joining in. My dad was very determined. One thing he said is never give up in life. And when I applied for medical school the first time, I didn't get in. And my advisor, you know, he said, you'll never get into medical school. And I actually told him, watch me. He said that to many of the students who never even applied. And my dad actually said, what happens if you don't even apply? And I said, of course, I need to at least try. So I got my grades up. I figured out what I needed to do. I studied hard. I worked hard. And it's amazing. I got in. Woohoo! Went to University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill Medical School. So I was very, very blessed to be part of that uh, school. It's uh, really an honor. They taught me so much about treating sickness, illness, pathology. Um, but one thing I didn't learn so much is about wellness, about treating healthy patients. So that's where I became board certified in holistic medicine so I can learn how to get people well long term. I love it. Very powerful. Now, can you tell us about your company and explain to us the, your uh, potential clients? Yeah, yeah. So for me, I, it's called the red carpet rule. I want to work with people who want to get well, who are invested, who care about their health. And most people do, but sometimes we get a little jaded. We're so used to going to see a doctor and here's a pill for every ill. But I don't believe in that. I believe that you have to customize treatments. So at my office, Dr. Gold's Optimal Living Institute, you come in, you're greeted like family. We really do care. I care about you. The whole staff does. And you're a person. You're not a number. You come in, we spend time with you. Um, the average visit a lot of times could be an hour, but we do work with people because we understand time limits or constraints if they are limited on time. But for some patients, I've spent four hours or longer. I mean, we we go until it, we get the work done. And bottom line is we figure out the history, very comprehensive, thorough history. I do a thorough exam. It amazes me sometimes patients have told me they saw their doctor and they didn't touch them. They didn't examine their back when they had back pain or abdominal pain. And I've actually experienced that personally. So I know it can be very challenging. And again, I know doctors are doing their best. It's hard you're, when you're strapped for time, you know, time is money and you have a certain number of patients you have to see in a certain time period. You kind of sometimes have to cut corners just because of the mounds of paperwork and stuff that's going on. So for me, I'm very blessed 
to have the ability to spend time with my patients and really take care of them to figure out what is actually going on, treating that root cause and getting them well. A lot of my patients get well. I love that. And I tell patients, if you're not really invested in your health, you're going to ruin my record. <laughs> I want you to do the work. And it's going to take work. I'm not going to say it's easy, but when they start investing and we figure out why something's happening, it could be a nutritional deficiency or a gut problem. Uh, they could be you know, not exercising enough or not eating the right foods. Remember, every food is not the right thing for you. You have to figure out what is good for you. Even healthy foods may not agree with you. So we figure out what that is, what will make you tick to make you feel awesome and have a great life. That is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, can you tell us more about your book, Seven Habits of Extremely Happy People, The Hidden Street Secrets to Success? Yes, I am so excited for it. This has been a long journey. <laughs> I've been writing this book and my dad said, will I see it in my lifetime? <laughs> so I have to admit when I first started, I didn't think I was a good writer and that I can write a book because you know, I was a medical student and I had so much work to do. And in school, I struggled a lot with, I, I don't have a diagnosed learning disability, but they told me that I learn differently than some other people, just in the sense I'm, a, I'm not an auditory learner, I'm a kinesio learner. So I learn by doing. So in school, you usually get didactics, they speak to you, but I learn by actually physically doing something. So it's, it can be challenging, but I learned coping mechanisms to help. And then even with the writing, I found that if I can use a, an app called iTranscribe, where I speak a lot faster than I can type, because my brain works so fast, it's very challenging for me to get the words there, you know, and I'm very kind of OCD in a good way, that's good for medicine, but it's not good for writing, because once I see a period's not there or the letter I misspelled, then I lost my whole train of thought. So now I realize I don't have to, for the writing part, get the point across. You don't have to get so caught up in the details. But this book is about being happier. It couldn't have come at a better time. I feel like with COVID, the pandemic, it is challenging times. And we have every reason to feel the way we're feeling. If you're stressed or run down or just overworked, financial burdens, whatever's happening, know that you can overcome, you can transition, you can transpire to new heights. And the whole goal is you can decide to be happy. And it's like, really? And I didn't think of that either. I thought you can only be happy when things are going well. Well, guess what? In life, things are not always going to go well. Things are going to suck. You're going to be a human being. You're going to get sick. I didn't plan for illness, but it came to me in my 20s. It also came to me in my 30s. And I was actually very lucky for most of my, or blessed, I should say, for most of my life, God blessed me with good health. So I rarely got sick. I rarely even got a cold. I've never missed school. I never um, missed any classes for medical school. Um, so when this happened, it was like a rude awakening. What do I do? And it was a serious condition. It was called, I call it the uveitis. If you look at my eye, I occasionally get flares, but I don't identify with the illness. It doesn't own me. And I do believe that you can overcome. Another person, a wonderful person that was on your podcast uh, previously, Lynn, Lindy Edridge, she talked about the breast cancer. And it's so true. You don't have to identify with any illness. It doesn't own you. You can actually get stronger. And when something happens, you can ask, what's the purpose? What can I learn from this? And I did. I learned how to take a moment. Usually now when these flare up, they're due to stress. And if I'm working to expand my business now, working on the launch of my book, so a lot of things on my plate. And then with COVID on top of that, I was just 
letting myself get stressed. Well, this is my barometer. I take a moment. I actually planned a holiday finally for a week to just relax and not do work, which I think we all need to have a vacation, even if it's a mental vacation, to rest. And it really has made a huge difference. My eye used to flare and it would be months for it to get better. This is only a week now and it's almost gone. And I can talk to you without sunglasses because it's very painful usually. And I have to, I'm very sensitive to light, but now the light is right on me and I'm fine. Cause I tell myself I'm going to be fine. And I renamed it sparkles. I know it sounds a little silly to name an illness, but because I've renamed it, it affects your nervous system differently. Cause I re-see it. I reframe what's happening in my body so I can heal. So all, everything that I do is to feel better to feel stronger and healthier rather than let the disease own me. And where I was crying before, I feel isolated and alone. And I felt so sad for myself or sorry for myself. Now, believe me, if you have this and you're in pain and suffering, I totally get that. And you have every right to feel that way. But know there's another way to feel that you don't have to feel isolated. You don't have to identify with the illness and you can overcome. There's many different healthy treatments with little side effects. The typical treatment for this is steroids. And um, when I took it, I just gained um, a lot of weight from it. It also depresses the immune system. And long-term, it can increase your risk for cataract or glaucoma, which can actually increase your risk for blindness. So the very thing that I'm trying to prevent my eyes from losing sight can actually cause, that medicine can cause that side effect. So I really wanted to try to stay away from steroids. So now it's healing without medications, which is just amazing to me. I love it. God is truly great. Is. And now what are a few projects you are working on right now? <laughs> so the launch of the book, the book is actually finished. We're waiting for the copy from Barnes and Noble. So I'm happy to offer people if they are interested and they can let you know and walk with me podcast after they subscribe, um, send them a copy of the first of the first chapter of the book so they can get a little taste of flavor of it. Um, and what was the other question you said? Well, just to explain to the audience more of what you're doing, the projects oh, you're working on right now. Yeah, projects, projects, that's it. So for me, the big project I'm working right now is education modules. I realize I'm one person and I do spend a lot of time with my patients. So that means I may see a few patients a day rather than many. And there are patients that live across the world and really need my services, that things I provide like getting well, working on improving bone density. What we're finding, I actually train with senior powerlifters. This is truly, um, you, Gigi, you've met them, which is incredible. Yeah. One lady is 98 years old. Actually, her birthday is today, October, excuse me, August 18th? August 18th. Yeah, I don't even know what day I was saying, October, duh. But it's August. I'm like, so August 18th, I know, right? My head, you see why I have to keep my head on straight, right? Oh, thank God. <laughs> August 18th is her birthday. So I have to call Edith, Edith Trainer. She's allowed me to say her name. It, and if you type in uh, senior powerlifter, she is turning 99 today. Mm -hmm. So she truly inspires me. The other ladies, Trudy's 90. Uh, most of the ladies are 75 plus. I'm the baby at uh, 48. And it is incredible to work with them. But they're lifting heavy. And what we're finding is their bone density is returning to normal. So I actually am doing a study now. I just got the ultrasound uh, bone density machine. So it's no radiation. It takes about a minute to process the heal bone density uh, for patients. And we can actually check where there's a meet coming up this weekend at CrossFit Jaguar that we're going to check their bone densities. 
And I'm so excited already. My coach, who's been powerlifting for over 40 years, his he's in his 60s and his bone density is off the chart. It's that of a 20 year old. So I'm excited to see what the other uh, powerlifters are showing. But we're seeing people getting stronger. I know if you have problems with your bones, you could just start now because Edith started at 91. You don't have to wait. <laughs> it's better to start now than wait. But resistance training is so important for your bones and muscles because of a condition known as sarcopenia, which is a weakening of those muscles. And we also have the osteoporosis or osteopenia weakening of the bones. So if you don't do any weight training, you just walk. Walking is great, but it's not going to do as much resistance training. You're uh, about 3 to 5% muscle loss every decade. And it, start, it starts in your 30s. So I was actually feeling in my 40s tired. If you're in your 40s, 50s, you're starting to feel exhausted and just not a lot of energy, that could be the reason. But you can actually stop that if you, you can, or slow down that process by the weight training. So really important. You may need a coach or a trainer to help you, but I highly recommend however it's going to happen for you to do it. And you can always contact me. I'm happy to help you with some good tips to get started and get motivated. Because the most important part is, yes, sometimes we fall off course, but we don't want to stay off course. Because then we really run into problems later where we're ending up in a nursing home or people are taking care of us rather than we're independent. And I know so many people want to travel. They want to retire and live their life fully. But you can if you don't have your health. Well, thank you for raising awareness in regards to that matter. Now, can you explain to us what inspired you to begin the Bone Density Project? Yeah, um, myself. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if I'm being honest. So my mom and my grandma, they had like humped back. Like if you ever see somebody who's a little hunched over and they had something called osteoporosis, weakening of the bones, and also like hyphosis, where literally their neck is almost below their shoulders where they're hunched down, if you kind of see me right here. And I was heading that direction. I was a runner. I had the female triad where um, I ran long distances. So I had very little muscle. Uh, I, was, I didn't weight train at all. I just ran long distances and really didn't eat very well. I didn't know about nutrition initially. My dad started educating me, but initially I just, you know, as a kid, I ate whatever I wanted. But for me, I did like some vegetables, which was good. But I also, as I got older, liked sugar. So I'd eat sweets and stuff that wasn't really good for me and didn't really have a lot of calcium intake. And I do believe you can get calcium from dark green vegetables. Um, We always think of dairy products, but it does depend on where you're getting your dairy from. Conventional dairy, I don't recommend as much, but I get mine from the farm. So I go to Pam Lum, the goat lady, and that's where I get my milk. It's It is unpasteurized, but I've been doing it for over 10 years and I feel great. I have more energy in my muscle tone arms are getting stronger. I may show you a little bit if you're interested, you can check out my arms, but I literally had string bean arms before, and this started literally in my 40s. So how I met these ladies, I just, you know, realized my own health needed to kind of spruce up. So I was writing, my initial book was how to be healthy as you got older, healthy seniors. And someone introduced me to Edith Trainer. Uh, she was at that time 97, or actually 96, so I went to see her. She said, you want to meet at the Golden Corral? I said, no, I want to meet you at your gym. So I saw the ladies. I filmed them. I kept complimenting them. They're like, you are amazing. And she said, stop complimenting me. Join me. And I said, can I join? I'm not 65 plus. Or she said, it doesn't matter what age, you're welcome to join. So I said, and guys can join this as well. It's a lot of women, but there's 
men's division as well. And I said, thank you. So I did. And I started getting stronger. They still can kick my butts. I mean, they're, they're lifting sometimes 200 plus pounds, 250 for 215 for deadlift, which is incredible, but I'm getting there. I'm much further along. And the nice thing is you're not in competition with anybody. You're in competition with yourself. And there's always a new point that you can strive towards. So with the health, the same thing, there's no end point for your health. You can continuously grow and get stronger and have more energy and feel fabulous. I love it. And will you be competing in the upcoming competition? I am. I am. So if you can watch, I'm going to be streaming it on my Facebook, uh, Dr. Gold. Actually, excuse me. It's going to be on Tanya Gold on Facebook. So Tanya with an A. And uh, yeah, if anybody's interested, I'd love to see it. And we are doing free bone densities at this uh, event. So if you're a local, feel free. And if you contact me and you want to come down to Tampa to watch these ladies, it's CrossFit Jaguar, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 930. We had a lady come from Arizona. And she, Edith has been on the news. People want this. That's why I want to spread the message that it's, you can reverse osteoporosis. You can get your bones stronger because I actually have some studies showing this already. These are preliminary studies, but we want to continue to monitor. And these women are not taking the Fosamax or remember those, that medicine. And I'm not saying not to take it, but remember, it doesn't build bone. It stops the breakdown of bone, but it doesn't build bone. The powerlifting or resistance training builds bone. I don't recommend you just starting on your own. I do recommend you do it with somebody who is educated in that arena. So with a trainer who is knowledgeable, but know as you get older, you can do it safely. We've had no injuries. The coach has been training these ladies uh, since for about eight years now, and nobody has been injured directly from this. Uh, in fact, actually the opposite. One lady had shoulder replacements, Trudy, and she's had breast cancer, a bunch of stuff. And she actually says her shoulder is getting stronger and back is getting better. You know, some people, if you do it wrong, you can actually hurt yourself. So you have to be careful the way form does matter. And the nice thing is you're, when you're doing it, one person lifts at a time, the coach watches you to make sure you're doing it correctly and protects you. I love it. That is very inspiring. Yeah. Now, what has given you the most joy and fulfillment in your life, Dr. Gould? my family <laughs> and you as well. You are just a highlight. So may I share our situation right now? Is that okay? Yes, ma'am. So Gigi is living in our home and I think of her as family right now. She is just a beautiful soul and just lights up my life just with her joy and her exuberance and her singing and dancing and just, she's so pleasant. So um, my family is like that too. So I feel at home and both of our families are from the island. So we have a lot of connections that way as well. And she's just beautiful. Um, for me, my, I have a big family, as I mentioned. I don't know if I should say the numbers. So sometimes people go, oh my goodness. But I'll just say it now. It's 13 brothers and sisters. And they are just amazing. They are just very loving and caring people. And I know sometimes we don't want to go home to see the family for various reasons. I love coming home. I love seeing my family and, you know, just being joyous with them and seeing my little nephews and nieces and playing with them. It's just for me, that's, and seeing my dad, I, I actually am an old soul. I, when I go home, I talk to the elders. They have so much wisdom for me and I love hearing their stories. So I do document and write down that. That part of that's in my book as well about the stories because we don't want to forget. And um, the seven habits are real people, including my story, people who've gone through 
great tragedy, um, overcome crazy obstacles. You'll hear about one who, you know, the, the congresswoman who got shot in the head, how you overcome Gabby. It's just amazing that, that resiliency within, but it, it's in all of us. We have the possibility to heal no matter what you've been through. God forbid, raped, um, been victimized, assaulted. Um, you know, I don't want to go keep going on those that road, but know that no matter what travesty that you've had, you can overcome and you can be a better person for it. You can get stronger, healthier, more vibrant, and you can choose or decide to live an amazing life. You don't have to live a life. If your parents hit you or did horrible things to you, you don't have to live. You can learn how that you, the skills you don't want. If they were alcoholics, you don't have to use that as an excuse to be one. You can say, this is not what I want. Or if your kid, if your family beat, beat you, you can say, this is not how I want a parent, you know, my kids. So it, it's amazing. You can, and this is my thing too. My mom, I love her, you know, but she ate a lot of candy. And I know if I continued that lifestyle, I wouldn't, you know, have the life I have today. And she did um, uh, complete her life early. And I know in my heart, I mean, I love her and everything, but we never had a vegetable really that she cooked. I mean, if you count tater tots and ketchup, that was two vegetables in our household. Um, but yeah, most of it was sugar every week. She would bring a Charlotte Russe. If you're not familiar, it's a little piece of pound cake with tons of whipped cream. She'd bring three home every single week. My sister and I ate the maraschino cherry. You know, and if you don't know what a maraschino cherry, it's a fake cherry. I used to think that was a real color of cherry. Those, you know, it's like the color of a Dorothy slipper is that really bright, bright red, like Christmas red. But, um, you know, that's what she did. And um, we didn't even eat the all that sugar, but she did. She would say, oh, you don't want it? I'll eat yours. <laughs> so she had three Charlotte Roosters every week. Um, but again, you know, I love her and she did her best. I mean, this is what she grew up with. So thankfully, I was able to learn and grow and learn good nutrition and how to share that with my patients and with my family now. I love that and how you raise awareness in regards to breaking the chain, no matter what an individual has been through in their lives, they are the decision makers in regards to their own life. And they need to understand that God is in control, but and ultimately too, that he knows the plans he has for us. And just because they've been through a certain matter, that they don't also have to repeat that cycle, whether it be a domestic violence, abuse, substance abuse, or anything else of that nature, any other you know, horrific matter. And what I would like you to share with the audience now as well is a challenge that you've had to overcome and how you've had to overcome it in your life. Mm, there's been so many. I mean, I'm gonna mention my uh, neck issue and my eye issue because the eye, when I went to my doctors, so I call it the condition of uveitis. Again, I'm not owning. I don't say I have because it's part of, it's not part of me. It's a visiting entity, but I'm actually booting it out. <laughs> it's like an uninvited guest. I'm like, hey, <laughs> and I'm going to send it on its way. So, uh, but yeah, this has been a big challenge because I got this in my 20s. Again, the height of youth where you're just full of energy and abundance and all of a sudden, I'm not able to see. And my doctor did tell me at that time, I don't know um, if you will get your full vision back. There was one day, I literally saw white out of my eye. I could see it through the other eye, but you know, I didn't want, it could affect both eyes and it, at times it has. So I prayed. I actually, um, I'm Jewish, but I talked to a preacher and he's like, prayer is prayer. And I said, I'm, I'm in there. I don't care. So I literally went to that um, 
preacher and I said, pray for me. I And I asked all my friends and my family to pray for me and they did. And thankfully that next day, I'm not kidding. I went back to my doctor. I could see out of my eye, the vision came back, however you want to call it. And we know prayer makes a huge difference. Even I was on a call yesterday and they were trying to get the volume to work. We had some little trouble with technical difficulties initially, but we just prayed. And it's amazing what God, you know, you ask and you shall receive. And I have, I've prayed almost every day for my health to get better and stronger. And every um, day for this challenge with my eye, I asked my doctor, what is the cause of it? They initially diagnosed me with Lyme's disease, but they treated that with antibiotics. And um, they said, you're fine with that, but the uveitis is a flare. It's just an inflammation. We don't know why it happens. There's various theories, but we don't know the cause and there's no cure. And you will keep getting this. And I used to initially, when I own the disease, get it every few months. And it was debilitating to the point I would cry and be locked up in a room feeling isolated. Well, once I found laughter therapy, laughter yoga, I started laughing about it. I use an ice pack. I take turmeric, magnesium, there's a whole slew of things that I do now, but I change my thought process that I'm going to heal and I'm not going to let it take over. And it's been incredible, like how my body feels so fast. I didn't think in a week I would be, you know, talking like this with the lights on, no sunglasses. So, because it can be very, very painful. It feels like a knife jabbing in and it's very sensitive to light. So even a few days, Gigi saw me at the house. I literally had a scarf over my head because I was wearing sunglasses. The room was already dark, but it was so sensitive that any bit of light was, and my husband's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm in pain. And it, and your eyes can tear. So once it tears, you have trouble driving. It's very limiting. It can be. But again, I focused on what I can do, how I can heal and without medication. I am seeing beautifully. I could see very clearly and it's, there's literally no pain right now. So I noticed that if at night, if I'm getting the pain, it's because I'm letting my mind focus on it. So remember where focus goes, energy flows. And I want to have my energy towards health because if you're stressed or worried, you're actually zapping your energy. You're making yourself feel very tired. And I don't want to do that either. I love it. Now you mentioned God and prayer. How important is your faith to you, Dr. Gold? Very strong, very strong. I, so my dad actually is Christian and he, he like didn't have a formal conversion. So he still has a Jewish star, but he was supportive of my mom. My mom is Jewish. And she said, I want to raise my kids Jewish. So he's like, whatever, I'm good. You know, whatever. He, he goes with the flow. <laughs> and he loved my mom, you know? So for me being part of some, a community of uh, people who believe in the faith and believe in God is very, very important to me because I know God is watching me. I know that I'm protected and I'm safe. And it, it really helps me because it gives me a strength, especially when I feel like I've fallen down. I, a few days ago, I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do my, but then I started saying my questions are weak. You, if you want to get better, you have to have empowering questions. So I started looking at, instead of saying, why me? How can I feel awesome? How can I feel better? And I said, just decide. It's the power is within. And, you know, God is taking care of you. And if you feel like you're falling down, he'll carry you. So I just felt uplifted. I literally worked on my posture and just started looking up and smiling. Remember, you can smile even if you don't feel like it. And it's amazing. The brain doesn't know good or bad. It just knows what you tell it. So when you say I'm feeling good and you keep smiling, keep smiling, Ah, and imagine how if you keep smiling, what 
the response is if you look at other people, they'll smile back, right? And then you just feel even better. And if you laugh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I had an emergency laughter session with my friends and with my patients. I'm like, if you need to laugh, just text or call me. You can emoji me laughter. If you're not able to, you know, because sometimes they're at work, they can't call. But I was like, however you can communicate, send out your love, send, share laughs. So once I started laughing, the energy, again, going to healing, because actually there's benefit for laughter. It actually opens up your blood vessels by 22%, increasing oxygen to the brain, to the heart. It lowers your risk for heart disease. And this was studied by Michael Miller, a cardiologist at the University of Maryland. He found if we laugh, we actually uplift the spirit physically. It lowers your risk for dementia, uh, lowers your risk for stroke and heart attack. So I was like, I'm all in with my family history because I, you know, I don't want to die young and I want to have a vibrant life. We can keep people alive, but how are you living? And I didn't want to be miserable. I want to be happy. <laughs> so once I chose that and there's nice, you know, great science behind it. Again, I put that in my book about the science of laughter because, you know, we sometimes think is this woo woo. Oh yeah. Feel better. Laughter is the best medicine, but we don't actually practice it. And understanding that you can have negative emotions at times, but you don't have to live there. So having any emotion you have, yes, that's real. But you can choose, and with practice, it gets easier to feel good. So I, with my patients, I recommend create the list. Because when you're stressed, that's not the time to say, I have to relax and be happy. Because it's, it's not going to be in your DNA because you're already stressed. It's a lot easier to start as a practice because you're already there. And then it's harder to be stressed because you're always usually relaxed. So it's like a fire. If you have a little Kindle, it's a lot easier to put it out than you wait for a forest fire. So just little things, just with a smile uplift. And then if you like funny movies, uh, you like to sing, we like to laugh, ha, ha, ha. and just have friends that uplift you. Because I do have some healthy boundaries with people. So some of my friends were bringing me down. They're like, you want to hear the next person that died of COVID or this or that? And it was just all negative. I was like, no. And I turn off the news because it was sensationalized. I still keep myself up to date with um, the medical apps and from the CDC or the WHO, but I don't have to inundate myself with negativity all the time or sensationalism where it's true stuff that's happening, but they're focusing on things that are not always serving my body or helping me heal. They can actually put me down and make me feel stressed. And we know because they want you to watch the news, our body, our DNA, we are tuned in for things that can be challenging for us. If we know there's danger, we're going to pay attention. So a lot of times they'll say, have you heard about the worst storm ever or the worst pandemic in history? And they'll tell you that and they'll keep telling you. So almost to a point, sometimes you even become numb. So they have to raise the ante. And I just, I don't want to fill my body with that. It's not helpful. It's not healing. And you can actually um, raise your cortisol levels, which raise your blood pressure, your stress and it does lower your immune system, making you more, more prone to illness. That is very powerful. Now, Dr. Gold, you have lived in Israel and you also visited several, several times. Can you explain your experience? Oh my God, I love Israel. So you probably saw the map here. <laughs> so we love, so I've been there several times. When I was a kid, I told myself, so I went to Yeshiva, Yeshiva Ratzad in Brooklyn, New York. And so the reason I did that is I went to 
a kindergarten and it was a not supposed to be a non-denominational or public kindergarten, but they had us pray for Jesus and all this stuff. And my mom was like, we're Jewish. I'm like, <laughs> so I was like, I, you know, but growing up in America, they usually, you're going to learn about Christmas, but not usually Hanukkah. You might hear about it. Or if you're in New York, you get off for the Jewish holiday because of the teacher. But my mom said, I want my kids to learn Hebrew. I want them to go to the Holy Land. So she was very strict on those things. And we actually went to a synagogue every Friday night. And she had matzo ball soup. And in addition to the Charlotte Russe, she had the matzo ball soup as well from Grabstein's, a delicatessen in Canasi. So yeah, we went to Temple Emmanuel. So the first time I went to Israel, it was funny because my dad said, oh, you'll do it later. Go to medical school, do this. One thing if I can offer people is do it now. Because one of my friends, he listened to his family, went to law school. Now he has a family. Now he has a home. He has a mortgage. He's like, when am I supposed to travel now? So in college, you can actually pay the same tuition, or this was the case in my time, that you can pay the same tuition that if you travel abroad or if you're going to the school. So I just went uh, to, down to the uh, place to find out about traveling abroad, signed up. And a few weeks before, I said, by the way, Dad, <laughs> I'm heading to Israel. <laughs> and he's like, what? But he was very proud that I you know, took initiative. And this is the first time I was really away, away, away from home. Like, you know, nine-hour plane ride, you know, from the family. So I think they would come visit. Um, we did eventually see each other for the Olympics, but they weren't able to travel during those six months that I traveled, um, that I was away in Israel and Jerusalem. But it was the best six months of my life where I grew as a person, as an adult. And we really, in this program, they took us around the whole, it's a, it's the size of New Jersey, Israel. So it's a very tiny place, but one area you can go skiing in the mountains of Hebron. And the same day you can travel because it's a small country and be soaking in the Dead Sea. So their plateaus are so different, their climate changes and the hills and the mountains. Tel Aviv is like a big city. Where I was in Jerusalem, it's a lot of mountains, and it has the old city. It has the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It has the Wailing Wall. I mean, you feel history there. And it's not nothing is 100 years old. They're thousands of years old. And you, you see these monuments that, you know, these big um, Jerusalem stones that weigh thousands of pounds at that time, how they put them together. They said this was how construction is even done today in the sense of the, those uh the blueprints that they used or the machines they took from that time period to, you know, obviously we make it, you know, we have automatic, you know, I don't know the right terminology, but the idea is that the wheels and how they created it, the pulleys and system, they still implement some of those things just to a higher level now that, you know, in, in the construction industry. But I thought it was just amazing how they did it at that time without you know, the electricity and the gas and all the, you know, machinery that we have today to, to move that. And it's just beautiful. The people you see from all different um, countries, Ethiopia, China, um, you know, the Arab lands, as well as from Eastern and Western countries. So pretty incredible. But I highly <laughs> recommend. I wanted to still teach you Hebrew if you're interested. And yes, ma'am. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. Now, Tanya, how did you make the decision to choose the vocation you did? Um, my dad told me when I was six years old, and I, I remember, actually, I think it was five, he just sat me down and he said, Tanya, you will be a doctor. And I was five. I didn't know what a doctor meant, but I just nodded. And every time we went to a place, he goes, here's my doctor. He told my sister she's going to be a lawyer. So 
and she just nodded. She was three. <laughs> and we're like, whatever, we don't know. And as we got older, she actually did become an attorney. She's not practicing now because uh, she's decided to pursue, she's in LA to pursue her acting career. And now she's a personal trainer and a mom and she loves what she does. And for me, um, being a doctor, I actually didn't want to follow what my parents said. <laughs> I was like, you don't want to, when you're a rebellious teenager, I was like, no, I have to do something else. But it was in my heart, even when I was a kid, I took care of my dog and my putsy. Um, I used to clean out his ears and anybody who was sick, I they'd always come to me. Like even my sister, who's an ear doc, she wasn't feeling good. And I did a dental massage. I studied Thai massage and um, in Thailand, and I was actually able to massage her belly and help her feel better without medication. So it's just, for me, it's innate. And I always feel, I call myself a healer too, or an empath, because I do feel personally that I can resonate, you know, with that person, talk to them, listen to them, and actually come up with a personalized plan. So it's not cookie cutter. If you're a diabetic, they, you know, can be, two diabetics can be treated completely different. We, one may be very stressed, so we work on the stress management. Another may be just eating a lot of sugar, and we talk about healthy substitutions on that, or what time they're eating and how they're moving their bodies and stuff, or the way they're thinking. I love it. Now, was there a time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment? Mm, yes. <laughs> um, there's many. Uh, let me think. What would be the best aha? Well, I, I think when, when I got into medical school, honestly, when my, so this is that turning point where I was like, all right, do I need come up with a plan B? And I said, no, I only have a plan A. I'm not <laughs> having no plan Bs. I am going to figure this out. And it wasn't just to please my dad, although that registered in my mind. I really wanted to be a physician. I, I like the opportunity to take care of people, but I also like the opportunity that I met doctors who wrote books. I met doctors who, you know, created movies or TV shows, ER, I used to watch ER. But I just felt that with that MD, I have doors open that I can do stuff. And I knew with my life, I wanted to be kind of in front of an audience talking to people. That's why I love giving talks to lots of people or even doing it on Zoom because I want to help people. And you, again, I love the interaction, that one-on-one -on -one what we're doing now, but that also this can go out to thousands of people or millions of people and they can hopefully hear my message and know they're not alone. They can grow, get stronger, get healthier, and they have a voice. They can speak up. They can ask for what they want. They can get what they want, but they have to go for it. It's not going to happen if you just play a video game video game and stay at home. You got to do something to work for it. So that's the other thing my dad taught me. That aha moment is you got to go for it. So with the medical school, when my advisor told me, you can't do this, and that's actually my trigger. When someone says, you can't do this, I was like, watch me. I'm going to do this. And I, you know, I don't, when I got in, I didn't say to brag or anything, but I said thank you to my advisor because he pushed me to work harder. I think if I got in so easily, I wouldn't have tried, you know, I would might have taken it for granted and not worked as hard as I did. But I knew this was an opportunity, a blessing to serve other people. Wow, you are a very powerful woman, Dr. Gull. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Find what it is. I think a lot of us, we think of what other people are telling us to do, but you really need to dig deep and take time for yourself. I highly recommend that self-care, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, or an hour of power, but take time for yourself every single day to reflect, to think, what do I want? 
and am I moving in that path? Is it making me happy? Is it making me grow and learn? Because sometimes we feel stuck in a job. We may have been excited initially, but we're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I feel like I can't change it because I still have mortgage payments or I have to take care of my kids or this. But you can still find hobbies or you can transition. It doesn't mean it's one or the other. And there's actually a great book that I highly recommend. It's Four Hour Work Week. And it is real. There are people just working four hours a week, earning six-figure incomes or more. And you can do that. Now, they didn't start that way. You have to work hard to get there. But there's many ways that you can uh, leverage things. And what I've started doing is hiring people, just simple things. And there are interns, freeinternship.com, where you can get people to work for you or help you with certain things. And then they are able to get a testimonial or a letter of recommendation from you for their resume. So bartering or figuring out ways to help each other is key too. So you don't have to do everything on your own. And even cleaning the house, I do recommend for my patients, especially busy moms or dads, like laundry. If you have several kids, you can imagine our family, right? So laundry is crazy. So instead, it's okay to send out the laundry or have somebody come in to do your laundry. You're not a bad person for not having a perfect home. Perfect home is actually full of love. It doesn't have to be perfectly clean all the time. And it's not going to be if it's a uh, family with kids that are running around and making messes that's normal so you know don't beat yourself up with that because you can drive yourself crazy with trying to clean 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 but then you forget to spend time with each other so one thing I love with my mom even though she uh, she died at um, 40 so one thing I love is she gave us a lifetime of love she didn't do the laundry all the time she didn't you know Oh, I, I remember her with us. Every weekend we went somewhere. She loved show tunes. She loved plays. So at 10, I was watching Hitchcock or <laughs> going to see Oklahoma. You know, we were fortunate to be in uh, New York, but we didn't have tons of money. So what we did is see high school musicals or uh, shows. And we saw things at the theater for $6, you know, the Hitchcock film. So we were just very blessed, but I love mom and for able to, take care of us. And we walked a lot. We didn't have a lot of money for uh, taking cab fares. So we actually, instead of being in the bus, she'd say, we can walk another mile. <laughs> My sister one time had a protest. She's like, I don't want to walk anywhere. She just sat on the sidewalk. My mom's like, okay, I'll see you later. And it's like, wait, wait for me. But she got us into that habit of walking. Now I actually love walking or hiking and just being close to nature. It's really good. So, but she was a go-getter too. She never gave up. She was a social worker, English teacher, and she, when she was a, working in a high school, um, Hilden High School, she told everybody who wants a job, I'm going to help you find a job. And she did. She literally, I remember this, she would have their resumes with them at any restaurant we went. She, she would go to the guys, the um, managers or the female ladies, says, hey, do you want to hire this? And the person said, no, no, we're, we're good. No, no, you want to hire this person. They're going to keep, I'm going to keep coming back. And so, so they, it was amazing. She got almost everybody that she went to, she got them jobs and it was so great. Like anybody who needed a job, she was on the lookout to help them and lend an ear. I remember her talking to some of the students that would be at her office that time. And she just cared. She, you can tell that she loved her, her students and she was like their mom too, especially, you know, sometimes they were broken home. So she's like, I'm here for you. Here's my number. If you need anything, I do the same thing with my patients. You need me, I'm here for you. I love it. Dr. Gold, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I really appreciate you and for you sharing your story and your inspirational message. Now, where can the audience find you? 
Um, I'm on several social media platforms. So the, probably the best way, uh, if you check Facebook, uh, and if you remember my name, Tanya Gold, <laughs> gold <laughs> like money, right? Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, and Gold, G-O-L-D. Otherwise, my office, Dr. Gold's Optimal Living Institute, uh, DR period, Gold, G-O-L-D, apostrophe S, Optimal Living Institute. And then I'm also on Instagram, YouTube, so Dr. Tanya Gold on Instagram and then YouTube, doc, uh, Dr. Gold Fun Yoga, which is great. And they, they can email me. I'm happy to respond to that. So our email is drgold at degoli.com, drgold at dgoli.com. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Dr. Gold at dgoli.com. That's D as in David, G-O-L-I.com. And Dr. Gold, thank you so much again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. Thank you too. Mwah. Bye.